Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name is Jeff Bajoric. I am your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Hopefully, you're starting to rethink some of the things you do on a day-to-day basis because top performers do things differently. And it is not so much that they have better skills. It's that they execute. And not only do they execute, but they see things from a broader point of view, a much broader point of view. And we're into trait number six. Uh, which is that they create an environment to buy. They don't just try to sell. They create an environment to buy. And this is really interesting because it incorporates some of the marketing principles that have been talked so much about, you know, um, over the past several years as you talk about social selling and you talk about creating inbound leads and, and things like that. I've always struggled with this idea that it is one or the other. Well, why can't we just take the best attributes of both inbound and outbound um, of both marketing and selling? There certainly have been more than a few things said and spoken about uh, regarding the uh, collaboration between sales and marketing and why the chief revenue officer uh, tends to oversee uh, those two functions. It's not just about pitching. It's not about manipulating. It's not about convincing. It is about creating an environment for people to want to buy. And you do that with the way you prospect. You do that with the way you conduct discovery. You do that with the way you present. And very often, it's not so much of a presentation anymore. It's a recommendation. Have you heard me say this before? You know, so many sales reps want to skip through the discovery part or hurry through discovery so they can get to the selling part. Discovery is the selling part. When you recognize that, when you practice that, when you execute along those lines, a lot of really good things happen. So top performers set the tone from the very beginning. They create tension throughout their process from the word go. And it's not just I'm going to 
make 10 calls. I'm going to send 15 emails. I'm going to plug a sequence into my sales engagement platform and I'm going to let this thing run and it's, and it's going to be great. I'm going to make the prospect feel like they're surrounded. No, you're, it's not enough to just let your prospect know that you're not going to give up on them, that you're going to stick this out. That's vitally important, but it's also not enough. You have to create tension. You have to, to plant seeds of ideas that you will fertilize and water and watch germinate and nourish and help them grow into reasons why these people will want to call you back or email you back or meet with you. It's about providing value. Prospecting is about being someone worth talking to and having something worth talking about. And here's a little bit of foreshadowing, but that's what season three on this podcast is going to be based around. When you represent yourself as someone worth taking a meeting with, and when you take that focus, when you take that perspective into the very beginning part of your efforts, it makes a huge difference. It sets a different tone. Your prospect knows they're dealing with a professional. They're dealing with someone who can probably help them at the very least trade some expertise maybe a little advice. And even if it doesn't make sense for us to work together, this meeting is going to be worth taking. It won't be a waste of your time. Once they get that meeting, they dig into discovery. And discovery takes a long time. Probably not as long as you're afraid of, but certainly longer than what you're allowing it right now. I think there are six outcomes of great discovery. I think great discovery creates a connection. It creates an understanding. It creates tension. It creates context. It allows you to demonstrate your expertise, and it creates a level of comfort for the prospect to move forward with you. That's what great discovery looks like. You cannot create tension unless you first have connection. You cannot create context for why your product is going to be or your solution is going to be the right one to fit their needs at this time unless you have an understanding of where they're coming from, what they're going through right now. If you don't have the expertise to demonstrate that you can help them get where they're going, they will never be comfortable moving forward with you. That's why those six outcomes are so valuable. There are three types of discussion, discovery questions rather, that you ask during the discussion. And yes, it should be a discussion. It shouldn't be an interrogation. Think about your favorite interviewers. They don't just read the interview questions from their prepared notes. When something piques their interest, they dig in. They ask for further explanation. They're willing to let that conversation go sideways because what they might find anyway could be much more impactful and profound and beneficial than the outcome that they were really hoping for. When you try to contrive discovery, it becomes it just it becomes ingenuine. So you want to ask questions that your prospect doesn't know the answer to. You create a little tension, make them think. You want to ask questions that you don't know the answer to. So when they do give you those initial responses, do you go deeper? And you want to ask questions that neither of you knows the answer to because it creates an environment where you want to collaborate to find those answers. Curiosity is so vital. 
Curiosity means that you're willing to be wrong. When you ask questions with genuine curiosity, you learn things that will help you move the sale forward. You move things that will help deepen your connection. You, you learn things that will help to increase the amount of rapport you have. And all of that leads to a high level of comfort in the prospect to move forward with you. ask questions that no one else is willing to ask just because you're curious to ask them and your head is where your feet are and you're involved emotionally and, and, and physically in this conversation right in front of you. When you ask questions that no one else will ask, you will learn things that no one else will learn. You learn things that no one else will learn. You'll be able to solve problems that no one else will solve. And when you can solve problems that no one else can solve, you can make sales that no one else will make. Don't overlook discovery. Another thing about curiosity is that you create a vulnerable space when you ask questions that you don't know the answer to. That vulnerable space is entirely necessary because, you think about this, when you're presenting a prospect with information, when you're, present, when you're, you're, you're presenting uh, a conversation here where you might have the upper hand, you need your prospective client to admit that they're not doing things as well as they could be, which is why they're in the situation they're in. In order for them to be willing to get vulnerable with you, you need to create the space that makes them feel safe to do so, which means you need to show them you're willing to get vulnerable with them. That's why those questions are so magical. When you step away from your script when you step away from your carefully planned questions. So create that environment. You know, what's interesting is that uh, once you have done the necessary discovery, there's really not much of a pitch. I guess technically it's a pitch, but really it's, you know, look, based on the conversation we've had here, I think it's pretty clear that our solution could help you. This is how... And this is how I think it will address those three major concerns that you have, issues that you have, desires that you have. Does it make sense for us to discuss this a little further in detail? Is this a conversation worth moving forward? There's your close. You know, it's funny, all the work people do to try to knock the presentation out of the park, to try to carefully plan how they're going to close the sale when you have a really heartfelt heart-to-heart -heart conversation when you have an engaging discussion around what the issues are and how you think you can help the recommendation and the ask come really simply again most salespeople are not willing to do the hard work that is involved in making the selling part easy. Jeffrey Gittimer taught me that a long time ago. And it's funny how these universal truths continue to rear their heads. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the environment that you create. 
Are you just putting your, your prospect in a position where they're willing to take a call with you so you can hotbox them into doing something that they didn't know they were going to do until they sat down and talked to you? That sounds like exactly the opposite of what we're trying to do as top performing salespeople. It just doesn't work. Or are you taking a step back? Do you have a little more profound point of view? Do you see that wider picture, that, that, that bigger scope? It makes a huge difference. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about creating an environment to buy. The next couple of episodes I'm excited to share with you. Um, my friends Liz Wendling and a return of Larry Levine are coming in uh, just a few days. They're going to talk about their experience and what their observations are around why sellers make it so hard for people to buy. And I shared some personal experience in there. This was a fun discussion I think you're going to take a lot from. And uh, another, just kind of uh, call it a rant that I put out just a few months ago, and I'm repurposing here. Um, It's about eliminating the word convince from your vocabulary. This is going to harken back to the discussion I had with Andy Paul earlier this season, um, but also with my own spin on it, because this is an an idea that I've been kicking around for a while. It's been a couple of years since I've been eliminating the word convince from my vocabulary, and I think it is going to really drive home the point that I'm trying to make as I describe this trait of top performers. This is fun. Are you having fun? Are you thinking differently? Are you appreciating what I'm getting at here? And are you seeing how top performers separate themselves, but in ways that I think so many people, if they're shown a different way to think about things, will start acting differently too. I'm having a blast putting this together for you. I hope you're having fun uh, listening to it. If you love it, Share it with someone, please. I appreciate that. That's how this podcast grows, and that's how I'm able to help more people. And um, if you have something you want to dig into, hey, shoot me a message, jb at jeffbajorek.com. I'm here to do this kind of thing with salespeople who want to take their game to the next level, with teams and organizations who know they can be doing better than they are and just need to figure out where they're missing something. That's what I do. So really excited to share the next few episodes with you, and I will talk to you again soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.